telling the story of Arkansas Baptists since 1901. You're listening to the Arkansas Baptist News Podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast. Bill Bumpus here, and so glad to welcome in Dr. Paul Chitwood, the new president of the International Mission Board. Thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. It's a privilege. Glad to be here with Arkansas Baptist uh, early in my tenure as, as president and have had a great partnership and friendship with Sonny Tucker and other members of state convention staff. I know there's a lot of good work going on here in Arkansas, uh, so I'm glad to be visiting. Has that been a, a lot of what's been going on in the last few months since you've taken over? Is staying busy, I'm sure, just visiting with the, with a lot of folks, things like that? Yeah, I've been uh, connecting uh, primarily to this point with our staff in Richmond. Uh, we've uh, had a lot of events taking place over the course of the last couple months with uh, missionaries who were preparing to go out to the field, who have been uh, doing some training and, and uh, having other preparatory experiences uh, there in Richmond, where headquarters are. Uh, we've had missionaries coming back for their stateside assignment. I've been interacting with them. Uh, I've spoken in a, a few of our churches and and working on a lot of countering uh, issues as we're looking ahead and, and planning. But overall, off to uh, a whirlwind of a start, it seems. And, you know, I'd love to just uh, visit a little bit about your background, if you could tell us a little bit about that, and, and how you feel like the things in your, in your life has led you to this point as God has, has molded you into where you are now as the new president of, of IMB. Yeah, well, thank you for that. As I reflect upon the journey the Lord has, has had me and, and my family on, uh, I see his hand at work where I didn't realize it was at work at times uh, in, in really preparing me, as you suggest, for the role. Uh, I was uh, raised in a small town in the mountains on a state line between Tennessee and Kentucky, and, and actually uh, we had a, a knock on our door one evening, and there was a couple of uh, deacons from the Baptist Church in town uh, who were making visits, inviting people to come to church. And my father, who was raising uh, three boys on his own, uh, answered the door and received their invitation to begin attending worship. Uh, and so uh, he, he accepted that invitation. Before you know it, that was a regular pattern of our lives, was to uh, to be a part of uh, Sunday school, church, uh, other things and involved with the church. And we found a church family there that, that loved our family and really helped raise us. And a few years later, I was about eight years old, when there's another knock at the door one evening, our pastor came uh, at my father's invitation. Uh, my older brother had been asking questions about what it would mean to give his life to Christ. And dad invited our pastor, Brother Alan Herod, to come by. And, and so he, he sat down in our living room and answered my brother's questions, shared with him the gospel. And uh, Brother Herod Got three for one that night as my younger brother and I were listening in to the conversation <laughs> our pastor was having with my older brother, and we all gave our lives to the Lord, wow. and, and we were baptized uh, together a, a few weeks later uh, in the baptistry of the First Baptist Church of Jellicoe, Tennessee. Felt uh, the Lord's calling to ministry when I was uh, a student at one of our Baptist colleges in Kentucky, and I went on to prepare for ministry at Southern Seminary began pastoring, a little rural pastorate, uh, seminary pastorate, while I was a student at Southern. And that was probably about 1993, right after my wife and I had married. Uh, ended up pastoring four different churches in Kentucky over the course of 18 years. So looking back to my experience pastoring churches, really from 
from that first seminary pastorate where when I showed up, there was about 20 in Sunday school and 30 in church to my last pastorate where we had uh, a much larger church and, and, and churches different sizes in between. Uh, helps me, I guess, come into this role sort of knowing our churches, knowing Southern Baptists, knowing our small rural churches, our county seat churches, our suburban churches, because I've had the privilege of pastoring and leading those churches, serving those churches. After finishing my doctoral studies at the seminary, I began to, to teach. Uh, and so uh, my experience in the classroom, while that was in part-time capacity, uh, I was serving as a pastor full-time, that also in many ways has helped prepare me, I believe, for this role. Uh, then uh, seven and a half years of serving as a state missionary, the executive director of Kentucky Baptist Convention, gives me a, a perspective on mission board and cooperative missions work. And I was invited in 2002 to serve as a, a board member uh, for the IMB and ended up uh, serving for eight years and chaired the board for two years uh, in 2008 to 10, was chairman of the board. And so that experience uh, certainly gave me a lot of uh, connections to our staff and missionaries on the field, a better understanding, I guess, of the internal workings of our board and the strategy of our board. All of that put together, I guess, is uh, looking back on it, uh, was, was an intentional plan that the Lord had uh, as he was preparing myself, my wife, Michelle, preparing us for this role. And we're excited uh, to be in the role. And, you know, I was just amazed about your story, especially how God used someone to, to knock on the door to introduce your family to get to church. And, and I'm sure that that's something right there that you think a lot about, because uh, that's kind of the basics about sharing the gospel wherever you are, you know, internationally or wherever, the importance of just that personal touch and just that compassion for people to move someone to want to do that. It really is, and and I think of the consequence. You know, I'm I'm sure that as a few deacons gathered at a little church running, I don't know, 80 or 90 in a little town in the mountains and decided, uh, hey, we're going to go out visiting tonight and see who we can invite to the church, I'm sure that they would have never dreamed that uh, they would be inviting a family, uh, had a little four-year-old boy who would eventually become the president of the International Mission Board. Uh, but the Lord knew his plans, and so I think of our pastors today and our missionaries who are serving overseas, and just the eternal importance of what they do in God's plan to fulfill the vision that he's given the church of of every uh, people from every tongue and tribe and, and, and nation who will be surrounding the throne and worshiping our Savior for eternity, that really that vision being fulfilled comes all the way back to individuals who, as you say, love, have compassion for the lost, want others to know the Savior uh, who has redeemed them and just are busy about the work the Lord's given them to do. Dr. Paul Chitwood, our guest, and yeah, I think it'd be overwhelming. We talk about the IMB, the largest, uh, basically, mission-sending group, and so you kind of overwhelmed with the billions of lost people, but just, you know, hearing that story, I mean, that, that's really what we got to focus on, right? And I'm sure you're wanting to encourage folks is, you know, it is, it is really just one person at a time. We're just doing basically what God has called us to do, right? And we're just partnering with Him. I mean, it's, it's His kingdom, His mission. We're, we're just partnering and doing what He wants us to do. Exactly. Partnering with Him and partnering with one another. What one person can't do on their own, you know, one person can only knock on so many doors or, or, or share with so many who are lost, but working in their church, 
They extend their reach as a part of a church family. Churches working together as an association of churches, working together as a state convention of churches, Southern Baptists working together, 46, 47,000 churches, each individual doing their part uh, when all of that comes together and the beauty of cooperative missions, we see a worldwide impact that the Lord is using for His glory. You know, as, as we're talking about you taking this uh, position and qualifications and, and your background, we'd love to talk a little bit more about the missions experiences that you've had. You know, I know some might say, boy, we'd, we'd really like to have someone that's, you know, maybe been a full-time missionary or, or the past, that kind of thing, that's been in the field. What would you say to that as far as your qualifications are concerned to be the president of the International Mission Board? Well, I would say that's exactly what I said <laughs> when I first met with the search committee. Uh, we were having discussions, and they were asking me questions. You know, I made it clear that, that I thought it preferable if we had someone uh, who uh, had had overseas experience. Uh, certainly, I've served in volunteer missions for many years and, and, and traveled to many places in the world to share the gospel alongside of our missionaries. But I've never gone and planted my life on a foreign field in, in, in an entirely different culture to do cross-cultural missions and that be where I am and who I am. Uh, so I saw that as a deficit, really, in, in my preparation. Looking back historically, the IMB has been led now by 13 presidents. I think uh, seven or eight of us have not been overseas missionaries. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. More than half, yeah, uh, barely, yeah. but more than half of mm-hmm. IMB presidents over the course of our history, dating back to 1845, have not been uh, overseas missionaries as, as a part of our preparation for the role. Uh, but, you know, we, we trust the Lord. Obviously, the committee trusted the Lord. They, they asked how I would compensate for that de- deficit of experience. And so what I was very clear to them about was uh, that I would need a team surrounding me of individuals at the highest levels of leadership in the organization who had that experience, who had a wealth of overseas missions experience. I'm blessed in the sense that two of our vice presidents uh, have spent many years overseas living on the field before they came into their administrative role with the board uh, and uh, am searching currently for an executive vice president. And that's a a non-negotiable qualification as I'm looking for someone to fill that role uh, which is essentially the COO role uh, at the IMB. So at the very top level of leadership, uh, I intend for us to have voices around the table uh, who can draw from that experience, who represent the field missionary as we're planning strategy and making administrative decisions and leading the organization. There's much more coming up. You're listening to the Arkansas Baptist News Podcast. The Arkansas Baptist News exists to assist kingdom work by informing, inspiring, and involving Arkansas Baptists through meeting needs of people, spreading the gospel, making disciples, and growing God's work in Arkansas and beyond. Purchase a subscription to the largest religious publication in the state for just $17. A digital subscription is just $8. To subscribe or to find out how your church can subscribe to the ABN, Call 800-838-2272. That's 800-838-2272, extension 5156. 
Dr. Paul Chitwood's our guest, the new president of the International Mission Board. Would love to just talk maybe some strategies that you're thinking about, uh, you know, vision for the future. And do you see the IMB kind of headed in the right direction and more of just casting that vision and and just probably maybe encouraging more people to get plugged in and 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 kind of open up that pipeline as as Dr. Platt used to to say, you know, kind of making things available for everybody, whether it's more short-term mission trips or that kind of thing. Yeah, I think regarding first vision and strategy, I had the opportunity when I was board chairman back in it's probably 2009, 2008-2009 to meet with our executive leadership team, then IMB president Jerry Rankin. Uh, Vice Presidents, uh, you know, Gordon Fort, David Stevenson, Tom Elliff, a few others were in the room. Uh, they invited me to attend their leadership retreat where we discussed the, the, the vision statement of the IMB and actually rewrote that vision statement. And uh, what we did was, was simply bring Scripture to the vision of the IMB. Uh, Revelation chapter 7 talks about that vision of heaven where there will be people from every tongue, tribe, and nation uh, who are surrounding the throne. And so we, we said, you know, what, what better vision for the IMB than the vision that the Lord has given His church of heaven? And, of course, the church has been called, commissioned, in fact, uh, to, to, to be a part of seeing that vision fulfilled by making disciples of all peoples. And so we, we captured that language, and that's the language as I have come into my role uh, that I'm, I'm satisfied with and and, and just feel that's the vision the Lord gave His church. Uh, who are we to improve upon that? And and so we, we we're sticking with that scripture and, and and the vision that God gives us of heaven, and trying to constantly through our strategies and communication efforts set in front of Southern Baptists. This is the vision of heaven that the Lord has allowed us to have a part in seeing fulfilled. And so our strategies to that end in terms of what the IMB has been doing. The IMB has been doing great work for a long time before I showed up. Uh, certainly I have ideas, and what I'm trying to do right now is just sit on my hands for a little while. And uh, and the way I put that uh, is, is, is that I'm trying to do it all, Bill. Uh, what do you mean you're trying to do it all? <laughs> well, uh, the IMB, one of the things I've, I've known about the IMB for some time, and anyone who's had exposure to the IMB, they'll know, is that the IMB loves to speak in acronyms. Uh, so probably only second to the military is the IMB in, in, in using acronyms for everything. You can listen to two IMB insiders have a conversation for 30 minutes, and, and they only use three or four words. Everything else is just, just an acronym. So as I've been learning acronymish in my new role. It's a new language. Uh, yeah, huh? yeah, it's a new language. So I've been trying to learn acronymish. Uh, I'm, I'm already creating my own words. So what am I trying to, to say when I say I'm trying to do it all? I'm trying to ask, listen, and learn. I bring the perspective on the IMB of a Southern Baptist pastor for 18 years. I bring the perspective of a former board member and board chair. bring the perspective of a, of, a, of a seminary professor and a state missions leader. I've never seen the IMB from the perspective of the president's seat. And that's a very different perspective. And so while I have lots of ideas, uh, my intentional strategy for the first few months is to sit in this seat and see the IMB from this seat. Uh, and my hope and prayer is that, uh, that this time will be spent having my uh, mistaken assumptions corrected and my correct assumptions confirmed 
before we act, before we bring any change or, or, or lead in any new or different directions. Uh, so we're not looking back a year or two down the road and saying to ourselves, or I'm not saying to myself, what was I thinking? <laughs> Why did I do that then? Uh, so with, with, I guess, a, a more informed perspective, testing my assumptions at this point and my past perceptions, I'm hoping, settling into the role that, along with the leadership team that's already in place and others who will be, uh, be joining, hoping that we can move forward in a very strong and uh, and healthy direction, serving well Southern Baptist churches, serving well the kingdom of Christ, serving well our missionaries. My chief goal is to serve well our missionaries. I want to do my job in such a way that ensures that our missionaries have the resources they need to do their job and to ensure that as much as we can control the barriers or knock down the barriers that stand in the way of d- them doing their job, that, that we're, we're, we're removing barriers from them so they can do what God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the language that, that I, I like to use, I want to wash the feet of our missionaries in that way. I want to ensure that they have what they need to do the work uh, and that we're, we're, we're helping them, not hindering them from doing that work. And uh, that's certainly the commitment of our leadership team, people uh, who were in place again, long before I showed up at the IMB. And I, you know, I think we have a bright future. I'm optimistic. Yeah, knowing you've only been in this office for a few months, but are there some changes we're, we're going to have to look at, you know, with our with our missionaries and, and just, just because things change? I mean, the, the message, you know, never changes, but there, there's always a lot of, a lot of methods, things like that. Is that too early to ask, uh, you know, some of, some of the, the way that, that we do things we may have to uh, uh, reexamine, think about, or uh, are, are, are we pretty close to where we need to be or major changes? Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, that's a question we have to always be asking. It's never too early to ask it. We're stewarding the most important work on the planet, Right. There's nothing more important, nothing of greater eternal consequence than the sharing of the gospel, getting the gospel to the nations, to those who haven't heard. And so more than the government is evaluating what it's doing, uh, more than a high-powered corporation is evaluating what it's doing, we should constantly be evaluating what we're doing to ensure, because we steward the most important work that, 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 that exists uh, we should be ensure that to do all we can to ensure that we're doing that in the best way it can be done. So strategy is always being refined, uh, it's always being tested, uh, always being proven. And while you know I don't uh, have any big roadmap of change, in fact I believe that probably as much as anything else right now, what the IMB needs is stability. You just think with regard to the offices of the presidency. I'm the. We've had 13 presidents since 1845, but I'm the fourth president in the last 10 years. That's tough for an organization of this size to deal with. It can be a distraction, uh, a new vision coming along every few years, a new strategy coming along every few years. You know, this organization is just uh, too broad and too wide and too big to uh, endure constant resets like that. So my, my goal is to, now that I've taken the reins, to hold them for as long as the Lord would let me and to allow the organization that has been in a, a bit of a, 
uh, well, it's been in flux, a lot of changes over the last decade to allow things to settle, to calm down. I don't plan any big reorganizations uh, like the IMB has had over the course of the last few years. And by necessity, I'm not critiquing. We've had great men who have led in great ways. But I think this season of IMB uh, life, uh, what we need more than anything is, at least for upcoming uh, months and even more time than that, stability, uh, less refine, less strengthen. Uh, but we're not going to overturn the apple cart uh, and then you know, sort of recreate things. Uh, we'll make changes as we need to, but we've got great personnel out there on the field who are working their strategy, serving well, and sacrificing to give them the kind of stable support that they need, I believe is our greatest need as an organization. Don't be a back row Baptist. There's a lot going on in Arkansas Baptist life. Don't miss out. It's easy for your congregation to subscribe to the Arkansas Baptist News. So why not today? For information on individual or church subscription rates, call Barbara at 501-376-4791, extension 5156. Special group rates are available for as few as five members. That number again for the Arkansas Baptist News, 501-376-4791, extension 5156. Dr. Paul Chitwood, our guest, visiting with him. Uh, great conversation, new president of the International Mission Board. You know, as your role as, a, as an executive director with the State Convention Kentucky and pastors, you, as you mentioned, what would you say to a, a state convention like uh, Arkansas Baptist, Arkansas Baptist in general, churches all over the natural state, about getting involved in international missions or the role that they can play, an individual church, an individual, a, an Arkansas Baptist, what would you say to them about their role in, uh, in international missions? Yeah, first I would say thank you. Thank you, Arkansas Baptist, for what you're already doing. Thank you, Tennessee Baptist, Florida Baptist, Texas Baptist. Thank you, Southern Baptist. Most of the funding that makes it to the IMB to support the work of our missionaries comes from checks that are stamped Arkansas Baptist Convention, Alabama Baptist Convention, Georgia Baptist Convention, California Baptist Convention. So Southern Baptist churches give uh, generously through the cooperative program, which means it goes to a state convention, even Lottie Moon Christmas offering funds that are so integral to the work of the IMB. Uh, most of those funds are collected through the state conventions and then forwarded on. Uh, and so we have great state convention partners, and we want to be good partners to our state conventions. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I began with thank you for all that you're already doing. Had the opportunity just earlier today uh, to hear about uh, student mobilization through the Arkansas Baptist Convention and the way that, uh, that the state convention staff are intentional in challenging students and connecting students to opportunities to serve through the IMB, particularly those short-term opportunities. Spend a summer overseas, spend a semester overseas, take a short-term volunteer mission trip. Uh, and so Arkansas Baptist Convention is mobilizing those students to work through the IMB. So it's exciting. I want to explore more ways to do that, not only in Arkansas, but, but uh, with other state conventions as well. Uh, as, as I think about what can happen and what can be done, 
some of those best practices that we see uh, in the state conventions to reproduce those. So, you know, I'm, again, I'm hearing a lot about student mobilization through Arkansas Baptist and Kentucky Baptist Convention. We had our disaster relief mobilized. We had a unique partnership with Baptist Global Response. The IMB partners with Baptist Global Response. The Kentucky Baptist Convention was partnering with Baptist Global Response. And our disaster relief volunteers in Kentucky adopted Sub-Saharan Africa for a unique pilot partnership where our DR volunteers are serving on projects in Sub-Saharan Africa. And so that blesses uh, the work of IMB missionaries who are there partnering in the area who know the needs of refugees or the needs of crisis uh, victims. And so what I would like to see is that type of ministry spreading to other state convention disaster reliefs. So, you know, again, seeing what state conventions and when I talk about state conventions, I'm talking about conventions of churches, you know, what, what they're doing in partnership with us and what they're not doing and let them know, hey, here are opportunities in student mobilization that some of the other state conventions are, are a part of, that we'd hope you'd be a part of. Hey, here are opportunities in, through Baptist School Response that you, know, you could be a part of in your state convention. And there's, I think, a lot of potential for all of our state conventions to go the next level in their partnering with the IMB. Uh, the responsibility is on us as IMB to communicate with those state conventions and to make them aware of the opportunities, and that's what we plan to do. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I was thinking of what uh, our SBC president, J.D. Greer, said. I think he's, you know, he's, I think, really trying to encourage kids out of high school or young adults, man, thinking about, hey, man, get two years, <laughs> you know, yes. to missions or, or even international or whatever, and I there's just so many opportunities out there. So I appreciate you saying that, just communicating those needs and, and, and those opportunities and getting people plugged in, you know. Yeah, yeah. What about the idea of that there are countries all over the world, there's the indigenous people there that their lives are becoming transformed and they're able to reach people. They're able to speak, you know, the heart language of folks. And what's your thought about that as, as far as us supporting them, helping, training these indigenous people and, and then providing support. Is that something that, that you guys are, are, are pretty uh, big about seeing seeing happen and continue to happen? Yes. In fact, in a meeting just within the last few days uh, with John Brady, who's uh, over our global engagement and you know the, the strategy that, that drives our work overseas, we were discussing this very thing. And he was uh, sharing with me about some of our unique partnerships with uh, Baptist conventions in other countries where uh, we were trying to facilitate the sending of missionaries, doing what we can in partnership uh, with, uh, say, the Nigerian Baptist Convention, for example, or the Brazilian Baptist Convention, because you know, we have a lot of experience in sending missionaries, uh, trying to use that experience and training and equipping and partnering with them to help them maximize their potential to send missionaries. And, and John made the point, and this, it was a good point, it was a difficult thing to hear, just looking at the global population map, North American continent, if you do a chart with the most populous places on the planet, North American continent is way, way low. Uh, the great population segments of the world aren't concentrated in North America. Yet, we, we boast, and hopefully in a God-honoring way, thankful, gratitude, glory to God, uh, we have the largest overseas missionary sending agency of our kind in the world. 
but that's coming from a population that uh, that is minuscule in comparison to the population uh, centers of East Asia or of South Asia. And so it, just in terms of the resources of people, of, of potential missionaries, would that God would allow East Asians to go all over the planet hmm. sharing the gospel, South Asians to go all over the planet sharing the gospel. That's happening some. We believe it can be accelerated greatly, and we believe we can help facilitate that given our uh, legacy of experience and, and the things that we've learned from success and failures over the decades. Uh, we believe that, that we could be a great encouragement and help to believers overseas, partners overseas, as they send out their own missionaries. And, and believe that that's the, probably the next uh, great window of opportunity in the world mission task uh, is seeing the sending center hmm. move from North America. Now, we, we're still going to send, but we hope to see the center move to other places where there's these larger population bases and there's potential to send many, many more thousands of missionaries than can go out from North America and then to work alongside of those missionaries wherever they are. Well, wrapping up our conversation with Paul Chitwood and Open Doors USA, uh, I'm kind of a total different topic, but uh, they just uh, sent out their, uh, you know, their annual world watch list as far as persecution. And I just wondered if uh, you have any thoughts on that, any concerns, you know, as, as we're praying and thinking about the world, just about what's behind all of this this persecution that we're seeing, and any any concerns or things that we can pray about as you're seeing what's going around all over the globe. Yeah, thank you. In, in, in the third century, Tertullian said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. In the 21st century, it's still true, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Where terrorists and extremists have been most aggressive in attacking even their own people, mm-hmm. but but certainly uh, Christ's followers, we are seeing uh, some of the greatest movements of the gospel. Uh, yeah, China. I mean, <laughs> so, so many examples yeah, we could point yeah, to. Yeah, and so you say, well, the, you know, the horror of what believers in persecution are subjected to, the suffering and the death. But our Lord told us that it would be that way. And that it is uh, uh, that is a pathway. And you're going back to the book of Revelation, the Lord's also uh, made clear to us that justice will come for those who are there before and under the altar. And the blood of uh, the saints, the voices of those who have suffered in the past, cry out for justice. And the Lord will bring justice. Uh, his judgment will fall upon those uh, who have wreaked havoc on his followers. However, we also rejoice uh, not in being satisfied that his judgment would fall, but we rejoice in knowing that his mercy and his grace will fall, that the modern-day apostle Pauls, who once were Saul's, who brought down the iron fist of persecution upon the church to crush Christ's followers, themselves were crushed as their hearts were broken by the Lord and they were turned to faith and redeemed, and, and our prayer is that uh, the persecutors will become the Christ followers. Yeah, yeah. And so we rejoice in those, particularly as we think about our missionaries who are in hard places. We rejoice in their willingness to risk all 
to see that their persecutors could come to faith, to see that God will be glorified uh, among all the peoples of the world as they're worshiping him, fulfilling that vision. And we believe in all that he's told us about heaven. You know, Whatever sufferings that we endure here uh, will pale in comparison, as Scripture tells us, to the glories that await. We're just seeing amazing stories, aren't we? Especially when you're talking about Muslims, you know, coming the Lord and 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 just amazing conversions. It's it, it really is it is it's a miracle. It's really incredible what's happening. Amen. It's of the Lord. We rejoice uh, in seeing Him glorified. We rejoice and and seeing uh, the missionary task unfold. Well, we thank you so much, Dr. Paul Chibwood. Thanks for the conversation. Really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Thanks so much, and blessings on you and your new role at IMB. Thank you, Bill. Privilege to be with you today. You've been listening to the Arkansas Baptist News Podcast. Visit our website at arkansasbaptist.org or join us on Twitter or Facebook at ARKBAPT News.